and welcome to Comedy Eaters. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie, and I just ate a really big piece of cheese. And we have and with we us have a guest, <laughs> Maddie B. Because why? Because Maddie great B. Talking, yeah. yeah, we've only been talking for about ten minutes here. Great segue. Waits until Food we goes. started we were, the episode. There to was chit chat. There was chit chat happening. I put the cheese in my uh, mouth, and you were like, "Let's go." Food <laughs> is uh, ideal for podcasting. Yes, I, great option. I didn't pick a noisy food. Cheese is a pretty like low crunch. You food. did understand that you would be you, speaking at some yes. point, right? <laughs> the, the volume of the food is not the issue. The issue is my can drink what you're warranted a snack. Well, then you can okay. go first on that. It was yes. your fault for choosing well, this Brian, movie. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Brian will get us there. Okay. First of all, uh, we were thrilled to have Maddie be on one of our all-time favorite people oh. in the and world. Fletch super fan. Yes, yes, super yourself, fan. In fact, yes, I yeah. I think I have him to thank for watching this movie as much as I did in college. I His think un- the same. Undying love for it. Yeah. I don't I think, think was... I watched this movie until I met Maddie B. And you are the reason that I saw this movie. I think Brian will remember, and I I think you referred to this in the Field of Dreams episode, Brian, that there were times when I would fall asleep. Yes. We either, remember either watching Field of Dreams or, or listening to it. Yep. Yes, listening or to it. Watching Fletch and listening to there it. There were a very few number of times when you were slightly tipsy and somebody tucked you into bed and hit play on the on the movie. That was a thing that happened. Yeah. Yes. Or Hall. I would walk by and have to close the door because some good, it was some wide good friends. Open some good with, friends would know oh, the, bedtime, the bedtime oh, ritual. Stop. Oh, that happened. Stop. 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 Uh, <laughs> but we are discussing the Chevy Chase comedy classic Fletch. But first, as always, we must discuss what we are drinking this episode. Katie, please start since your <laughs> drink requires food. All right, because you know I'm going to get the line wrong. So then- somebody say the line. Then you're gonna have to. You're gonna have a little bit of time after you do your thing, where we do ours. Where and then can I can eat, eat some yeah, cheese. Yeah. You can eat some cheese. That okay. sounds great. All right. So what's the line from the movie that references this beverage? Well, why don't you? So Fletch a, is at Mary. the tennis club. Yes. Yeah. And the waiter asks him what he would like to uh, eat and drink, yes. and he says, "Maddie B, would you like to deliver the line?" That'll be fine. I'll have a Bloody Mary, a steak sandwich, and a steak sandwich, please. Yeah. Charge I don't, it to the I don't eat steak. Charge it to the underhills. I cut some cheese cubes and then I tried to thread them onto the skewer and they crumbled. So I'm eating the cheese. I, I don't know how I've never made a Bloody Mary before. It's my favorite drink to make because you can put all your snacks in it. It's so exciting. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, it's good. I'm concerned Jim might get hit in the eye with yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's a big That's drink. A big That's a weapon. There's yeah, a, yeah, there's a giant stalk of celery. Are you guys, are you Bloody Mary drinkers? No. I, love, I don't think I've ever had one, actually. I love ordering a Bloody Mary at, at brunch. This is this goes back to the Peg and Jerry years, my childhood. They loved a good Bloody Mary. And so Katie would have tomato juice when they were having their vodka. Um, and so now I, lo- I love a Bloody Mary. And I love that they put the snacks on top. And sometimes when we go on vacation, I get a really fancy Bloody Mary that's like $20. And it has all the seafood on top of it. And it's so good. Okay, that's my story. Okay. That Thank was you. an episode in itself. <laughs> Jim, what what do you have? I'm having a bourbon and a bourbon. <laughs> there you go. Delivered. Uh, Which Maddie is... B. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Jim. Go ahead. No, it's a, it's a Four Roses small batch mm. select. Ah, it's back Four Roses. I, well, yeah, and it's my last bottle of like really good sippable bourbon left. Time to make a run. Uh, Gotta go well, if I bourbon. can find it anywhere, find any... It's tough to find. I mean, we are I'm not in an upbeat mood right now. I feel now. great. This is, yeah. <laughs> I feel really good. Uh, Maddie B, what are what are you drinking this episode? You know, I put a lot of thought into this one, so I did a little research, and I found that there is actually an Underhill Winery, mm-hmm. uh, which which was surprising. You know what else is surprising? Underhill wine is very expensive. Huh. So. I opted for the cheaper uh, Bully Hill. <laughs> oh, it's a bully hill. hill. Mm-hmm. And it's a bully, which really Ted Underhill was, right? Yes, so that's true. It. Very true. I love it. So I'm drinking a little glass of Bully Hill red wine. Love All it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am drinking a Laser Snake. Okay. IPA from uh, Three Floyds Brewing Company in India. Laser Snake. Appropriate because laser that's snake. a straight 80s label. 
straight 80s label. Couldn't mm-hmm. get more 80s. It looks it's like something Cobra that's like lasers on its head. Yeah, it's kind of like a G.I. Joe Thundercats Voltron vibe to it for people yeah. who are just listening like and can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, that and, makes me happier. Uh, yeah, and it's it's delicious. Um, all right, so here we go. It is time for the rundown. I'm Ron Burgundy. Feels appropriate for this movie. No? Yeah. Kind of. Same style. Okay. Erwin Fletcher, Erwin M. Fletcher, is an investigative newspaper reporter who likes wearing disguises, getting back scratches from his beautiful assistant, Larry, and sticking it to whatever man he can find. In the course of investigating drug traffic on the beaches of L.A., he gets propositioned to kill a millionaire who says that he is dying of bone cancer. Something just doesn't smell right to this astute gumshoe journalist. Discovering the truth and the connection between the Stanwick, the millionaire, and the drugs on the beach will require expensive lunches at the country club, seducing the millionaire's wife, avoiding police capture against all odds, and keeping a carefree smile through it all. Meet Fletch. <laughs> all right. Hey, that was really Nicely good. Nicely done, Katie. Yeah, very was, good. Thanks, guys. That was like an actual, like, could be on the back of yeah. uh, the DVD box. Sometimes I get it right. Um, all right, time for grade of the week. Remember, we're grading uh, our scale on commagers is A plus through rad. Rad being an F, of course. Oh, um, so sad. Where would we grade Fletch? And we'll start with our <laughs> guest, Maddie B. Maddie B, what is the grade for Fletch? I am so biased with this question. I mean, that's okay. I don't know typically yes. how this movie is an A plus to me. This is arguably the most quotable movie I've ever seen. Um, you know, and I and I think not only is it quotable, but I can trace back so much of the roots of my own personality. I think to this character, whether that's good or not, right. Uh, I give it an A plus. I love it. even the story. The story. I mean, it's classic '80s. It's actually co- a classic like '80s cop, but he's not a cop. Um, what, I think uh, what you're trying to say is it's a direct copy of uh, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> well, yeah, true. <laughs> they point. tried to yeah. copy the music, and they were like, "We probably shouldn't play the exact same song." Let's just tweak it. Same composers. Yeah, same same composer. Composer. <laughs> to be fair, the story no, it's for the this same was before yeah. was before. Beverly Hills Cop. This is a novel from the early 70s. So you yeah, could yeah, argue yeah. Beverly Hills Cop stole the story mm-hmm. from yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fletch novel. Well, wait, which came first, Beverly Hills Cop or Fletch? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. But sure, they, I think they might have been in production at the same time, though. They're both eight, four films from 84. But Beverly Hills oh, Cop did, did come out 85. first. Very yes, cool. Yes, but they were being shot. Okay, uh, Katie, where are you going to put Fletch? I'm going to give it a B. Plus. Uh, it's funny. It's engaging. It might be my favorite Chevy Chase role. I'm going to have to think that one through, but I think so. That's a um, bold claim. That's a bold I, claim. I want to discuss that. I yeah, don't know. I'm I thinking might about agree it. with that I'm claim, about actually, it. though. Yeah, I and I'll, I'm going to be agree. honest with you. I was never a huge Chevy Chase fan. So, you know, it's like on the range of my eh about Chevy Chase. This is probably towards the top of it. Um, yeah, B+. Plus. Yeah. Jim? Uh, not to offend Matty B. I've, I've been pretty harsh on other films, so I need to kind of be uh, in the, and I'm going to give this a B minus. Quite in line. Jim Jim set himself a really tough. Yeah. Yeah. We're still waiting on it. Have you given it one A? Uh, I don't remember. Casablanca. Uh, No, we did. You did. Casablanca got an A. So I, I like this movie a lot, but it is not. And I understand why why folks love this movie, but it is not at the height of like it doesn't hit my sense of humor. I think the way that it hits others. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, there you go. I am going to give it an A. Mm-hmm. I was a, I love this film. Had not seen it in a while. It was even better than I remembered it. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. I have never watched this film while drinking so little 
And I always thought maybe because I was drinking when I watched it, that I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. Now I can say I didn't drink anything while I watched it. And it was just as funny, if not funnier than I remembered it. Mm. It It's funny. I um, am going to make the bold claim that I think that Maddie B, you are much funnier than Fletch. Oh, thank you very much. And your humor never makes other people feel less, which is the difference. Thank you very little. Thank you very little. All right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, No, I'll just say that my honestly, my grade of A plus is sort of synonymous with my style and generosity as a teacher. There you go. I, I I tend to be the teacher that that grades on a higher scale. Yeah. So it makes sense that that translates into my my grade of Fletch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think for all of us, we've recognized the role that like nostalgia plays in our perspective on a film. Right. Um, Yeah. And uh, unlike you, Katie, like Chevy, when I was a kid, I can remember my childhood. Chevy Chase was a, a strangely big part of it. Yeah. Because as the youngest of five, like my older brothers, my dad, we had like crazy movie collections on Betamax and mm-hmm. on that classic disc machine. And so like, I would watch like, seems like all times foul play, which by the way, foul plays his character of Tony Carlson in that movie is very similar to Fletch. I don't know if you've seen foul play, but foul play seems like old times, the original vacation movies. I probably shouldn't have been watching. No, well, that's a right? hallmark of the uh, 80s. 80s children. Right. Mm-hmm. But so when I remember when Fletch came out, I'm like, I know that guy. Like to me, Chevy Chase was like a big movie star. Yep. Totally met, saw it in the theater, totally met my expectations. Yep. But that's probably besides Christmas Vacation, the last Chevy Chase movie that I think was any good at all. Any good at all. At all. That it's funny. Like I I feel like I can tell that same story about John Candy. Like he Mm -hmm. was that person for me in my house. Like we watched every John Candy movie that was appropriate for me to watch as a child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or yeah, I I, listen. The interesting thing about Fletch is this. And Katie brought it up is like this, the best Chevy Chase character, because I think this gets to like the heart of the movie. This was Chevy Chase. This is because Chevy Chase is still alive. Apparently Chevy Chase's favorite movie that he did Hmm. because he feels like the character is most closely aligned to him that feels like that makes sense because he's based on what kind folks of, say about him because yeah, he's, he's kind an of egomaniac yeah, <laughs> yeah he's so like yes. and i he's think kind of a this dick. is where yeah. my where i i don't know it's very quotable and to me when i when i compare it to something like spinal tap and we talk we talk a lot about comedy and what makes it hold up over the years and this definitely holds up and it to me it is that there aren't a lot of sight gags in this movie, you know, it's all like a turn of a phrase or some physical humor that is actually yep. funny and it's not um it's not a gag, right? And so like but the difference between this and something like Spinal Tap where like Fletch is the only one in on any of the jokes yeah. here. And in something like Spinal Tap, no one's in on any of the jokes. So like That's a or, good point. Or like in any of the Christopher Guest style like comedies like or, or like, you know, and I think this is a hallmark of the 80s. Like, this is definitely following, like, that, that like, comedy of, like, Eddie Murphy and those that are, they were supposed to be smarter than everyone else in the room. And that was sort of the joke is that, like, he, no one can keep up with him humor-wise. And, and like, these aren't, these are either stupid people or he's just so much smarter. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. I don't know why that doesn't like connect with me like the others. Well, it feels like the jokes are all at somebody else's expense. Well, we learned mm-hmm. from Mike Birbiglia that a joke always has to be at someone else's oh, expense to be funny. That's true. <laughs> but, I, but I do think that this is like, again, when you and, and I think it's this is true with Beverly Hills Cop, like you brought up already, because it does kind of change how movies were done. If you talk to people like this movie and Beverly Hills Cop you need to be attached in to the Eddie Murphy or Chevy Chase. Like if you're not a Chevy Chase, like if you just don't get Chevy Chase or have no interest in Chevy Chase, or if you're not an Eddie Murphy type person, I think this movie probably doesn't work at all because there is a distinct style, at least with this film. I think you're right. It's like, 
they're smarter than everybody else. Like that was that cycle for a while in the eighties. Right. We talk about like how comedy, and then you go into like the mid nineties and it's like just dumb comedy, right? Like the dumb well, Adam Sandler comedy think, that took over. For I think a while. the thing yeah. that strikes me about his character is there are moments where it feels like they're taking it farther with him being empathetic to, so for example, to the black man on the beach who keeps getting beat up by the cops, right? There is a moment where Fletch realizes, like, I literally threw a brick through the back of a cop car and didn't, nothing happened. And this guy's just sitting there doing nothing and he gets beat up by the cops. That's, Um, you're missing the whole point of that scene, but that's okay. but, But so he, so he, you see him do the investigative work, but oh, am I missing the point of yes. the scene? Yeah, they they're not letting Fletch go because he's white and no, the other no, guy's no. black. No, I it's do know that. It's because they don't no, no. care about Fletch. No, they I need do to know get the that. Other guy off the beach. I know no, but that. But she's saying that he's still showing <laughs> empathy that. towards. Yeah, people. yeah right. Yeah. In yeah. that moment where he turns to the guy next to him, and I forget who he's talking to, but. He, like he has this moment of realization, but you never see him go and freaking talk to. Wait, the but that's not a guy. moment of empathy. That's a moment of I just figured something out. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's I what think I'm talking was, about. No, I see. I think I, think I read it differently. Yeah, I, I, I read think it. so. I thought that there were like moments not where in that he was going to be more sympathetic. I think that's what it was. Where like there was a moment where it was like, ooh, he's going to de- like well, have this other layer of development. Throwing it, the rock is is like his. Yeah, is the part that he was emotional about gummy being taken, but, but the moment he says, Oh, they didn't even want me. They, they, they just wanted gummy. That's not about no, any empathy real, at all. No, it's about no, now I have a, another piece together. Yeah, yeah. Piece to that. Case. Listen, yeah. Felix, his, his character, that redeeming quality, that empathy. I, I think it's clearest when he sits down with that grease character that 19 year old kid that he oh, yeah. like, he's just kind of looking oh, yeah. at like that. That's a moment where you sort of see his soul. Whereas Wait, who's the, 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 the movie, 19 year old that he steals the car from? I mean, no, no, no. no, no, no one on at the beach, the beach uh, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. the guy he's talking he's to throw never leaves the beach. Fat Sam. Yeah, Katie was on the internet at that point. Yeah. Sorry. There were a few <laughs> moments in the movie where I tuned out, but, but I, I think that's a, a redeeming part. Okay. I Listen, this to me is, is I know the look of it visually is different, but you know, Greg McDonald wrote this Fletch series, which is like not straight comedy, which is what this was based on. And there were like a lot of weird choices before Chevy Chase. Like there was talk of Mick Jagger playing Fletch, or then they were trying to get Burt Reynolds to play. So it wasn't necessarily. And if you look at like seventies movies, there were a lot of these kind of like private eye slash investigative reporter movie. There was a big deal that they did back then, but this really is, I think partially his character is in the war thing. It's like, Maltese fat, you know, and you don't like those That's protagonists. Really. No, we They're had that moment people. of realization when he walks into the house in Utah, which he has no idea what he's going to find. Right. Like literally has no clue what's inside of this house. And he stops and he lights a cigarette. I was like, what Why? just happened? Yeah, so like, he's like, oh, that's just because it's a noir film. Yeah, and he's <laughs> not, he's not, fun at that. he's yeah, not smoking anywhere else in the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. so exactly. weird. And that's, but that's like, I, but I do. That's a yeah. great catch, Katie. Yeah. yeah, it is. And also, I think that was to set up the fact that he would have a lighter that he uses at the end scene with Tim Matheson. But okay, but that's a is. weird place to. Well, no, I, like I get like it as a gag, as yes. a device. Yeah. Yeah. But I I Tim I Matheson. That, oh sorry. Tim no, Matheson, no, by the way, Brian was also gonna was also up for Fletch, but he got Yeah, the, well actually it's, part. Yeah, and it's interesting because how they connect. Chevy Chase was supposed to play the Tim Matheson role originally in um why am I Animal House? Ah. So that he was part of that group. So like there are a lot of people in that production with chase and around that group that wanted to make this. And I, what I do think about this film is they cracked the code on how to use Chevy chase best. Cause mm-hmm. Maddie B's right after like, once you start to go even like late eighties, forget the nineties, it's just horrible, awful. Like nobody else could ever figure out for whatever reason, 
how to either whether it was reining him in because Chevy Chase always thought he was the smartest guy. Michael Ritchie, who directed this, was a Harvard educated guy. And I think he was able to talk to maybe Chevy Chase in a way that got him to be reined in a little bit because his work after this really is. Well, Christmas Vacation is is a classic and he he's redeemable in that. And and I think that's the harder line to walk, right? Like letting him be Fletch is easier than letting him be Clark Griswold and yep. getting it to work. Do you think Griswold is better job by him then? Or do you think Fletch is like, cause, cause that's a discussion people have. There's really well, only two characters. It, feels like, Griswold, only in one it feels like Griswold is more acting for him. Right. Right. But then, then you get to like, you know, the past 10 years and in community, Dan Harmon just said like, be yourself. Basically he was a complete dick and they treated him like a complete dick on the show. His character, everyone hated him. Every every character hated him, and it worked. It was it was so like it was the same thing, right? Yeah. It was like just be, just who live your you truth. Are, but right? like if you if you believe what went on in that set, like everybody hated his guts, and that worked for that show. Wow, mm. that's fascinating. I mean, there is some comedy in this, and I think we should talk about a few yes. of the scenes. There is some comedy in this that is brilliant comedy. Unbelievably brilliant. I was really concerned that this would seem super dated because comedy can turn dated really, really fast. Yeah. Some of and it there's does. Some, and some of it <laughs> some absolutely of it does. does. Some of it absolutely does. But there are some sequences that like if you just pulled it out to like look at it from a comedic perspective, you wouldn't even need to know anything about the movie. And there's some segments of this movie where not only Chase, but the people they put with him are just unbelievable. Mm. What let's start with maybe what what is like what is your quintessential fletch sequence or scene you think? What is the one that you would <sighs> are, are drawn to the most when you watch it? Um I love the interplay between um Chevy and Gail Stanwick when he meets her for the first time at the tennis courts. <laughs> And the whole trying to like, you know, you know, not my wedding, your wedding, you know, that whole exchange. Um, that's a classic. And, and you know, she's the only one I feel like he didn't deceive in this whole entire yeah. movie. Like she's the sure. only one that was wise to him from the beginning. Everybody else seems to just buy whatever stuff he throws out there. I love that scene. Um, I love the scene with the nurse in the records room. <laughs> You know, um, he's got a carcinoma, melanoma, some kind of a noma. Like what nurse would buy this guy as a doctor? And yet, you know, according to this hospital, he's cancer. Oh, he'll be so relieved (laughs) when he sees the other doctor and he's like, "Ah." yeah, Yeah. I got it. Yeah, I got to lie down. Like, but there's lines in it. Like, you know, have you ever seen a spleen this large? No, not since breakfast. Right. Like <laughs> there are, there are times when people will ask me questions. Have you ever? And then, and I'll just say, Oh, not since breakfast. Like it, <laughs> it's not my line, but like, it's sort of, I've adopted it as my own. I don't use it in like, yeah. norm, you know, and people will sometimes look at me like, what are you talking about? Oh, it's just Fletch. Never mind. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, those two stand out. And of course the airplane scene um, with the, with the mechanics, it's all ball bearings these days. I mean, <laughs> okay, the insan- I do have a insanity, question about that scene. Yeah, talk about it because can I give you Is some it about his story hair? on this? No, no. Beyond this, they wrote this, I and mean, I don't know. If this will inform what your question is going to be, Katie. So, just may say they found the airplane hanger, like the producer and the director, and they're like, we have this amazing like hanger that we think is going to look really cool on film. So the writer was in New York when they were filming in LA, and they're like. We need you to just write a scene about Fletch and the airplane hangar. And he talked over the phone to them and they hand wrote the scene and went and shot it right away with Chevy. That was like not even in the original script. And they wrote it that day and were like, yeah, get him some fake tea. (laughs) Because the prop guy liked fake teeth for some reason. He looked like Tim Blake Nelson. Like exactly. Great Tim Blake Nelson look to it. So I think, you know, in a, in a movie like this, so much of it is how other characters react to your main character. Um, and because he just says ridiculous things, you know, the majority of your minor characters are going to be gullible and 
They don't really listen to what, you know, he looks confident and whatever he says, they just roll with it. They're like, sure, you're a doctor. Sure, you're here to fix an airplane. Um, you know, our two exceptions are Gail and the police, right? Like the, the police don't believe a goddamn thing he says. Oh, and his uh, boss and Larry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's different. Yes. His coworkers know. But know he's more story. honest with his coworkers, yes. I feel like. They know what he is. Yeah. Um, in the airplane hangar, to me, the one mechanic was absolutely onto him. Mm -hmm. But then it doesn't go anywhere. It didn't do anything about it. He's yeah. just like, hey, but right, like, whatever. I just kept expecting there to yeah. be a moment. The guy like, from Blazing like, Saddles. He literally doesn't even him. say you're not really the guy. Like he doesn't. Yeah. There are no it's, words. It's just on I his face. I feel like he's a guy who's just working a nine to five job and is like, I don't give a shit. This, I guess so. Somebody's going to show up. I just up. thought if you were going to have the character react in that way, then. Yeah, no, like, it is. It is weird. Like because it, it was just like a, a thread that didn't. There are very away. few things in this movie that stick out as like cheap or like kind of weird laughs. And that's sort of one of them, which it, to Brian's point right. is sort of made up like not as not part of the story. So like they didn't really have an ending to that scene. Like, right. does he get found out? Like, they don't even give him like a really interesting way to get out of the conversation, he just, right? Well, he's like yeah. some three-in-one oil and yeah. some the other bearings. thing that really yeah. bothered me is, which I thought was a really funny car chase, that with the with the kid yes. who's stealing the car. There's some really funny moments in that car chase, but there are cops crashing into things yes. where they are not forced to crash into anything. Now, that's very easy, and that was just like uh, that. I felt that was almost like. Uh, the blues brothers the 80s. Yeah, yeah let's just have some pratt the equivalent of pratt falls right and, right but uh, like it, it was really weird like to see like a cop car just drive into something when you're like that guy was just driving like he wasn't like <laughs> it's not like flesh like ran him off the road or anything he just drove into that thing <laughs> or, the, or like the guy on the motorcycle decides to try yeah. to follow him over a up a uh, yeah that, that was kind of funny to it, me, the Quintus, lit, literally, as I was watching it and thinking about it, one of the best, like, five-minute comedy sequences I can even think of is Chase getting the physical from Emmett Walsh, who plays the doctor. Yeah. The doctor. Like, that, like, every beat of that scene, that's like when they tell you, like, go study if you're a writer or something, go study comedy, and they're like, okay, watch the Lucille Ball eating candy off the conveyor belt right or watch like uh whatever like the dinner party episode of the office or watch the honeymooners or watch this Seinfeld. that to me for like just comedy the 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 way it's written was even funnier on this viewing than i even remembered it i mean there's certain segments of it that you know, lines like when he sings Moon River and he's like, uh, you should uh, you ever been to prison, doc? That are funny, but you don't get like how great the interplay of the two of them is. And to me, how difficult it must have been for Emmett Walsh to try to keep a straight face. He with played the that way, so well with the way Chevy delivers lines. Yeah. Yep. It starts with the, you know, it's a shame about Ed, you know, and right away, Chevy, <laughs> Chevy had to go in to as if to know like to pretend to know what this guy was talking about and kept it going and kept it going how many takes that must have been uh, that's that fascinates me but he walsh played that so well so straight yeah and i would say to brian's question like my the part that i noticed the most that made me laugh the like the most this time is just a stupid little like physical gag when he gets arrested and they bring him in and so there's the whole thing in the office, which is kind of funny. And and then they're taking him to a cell. And as they're putting him in the cell, the police officer grabs him by the head to make sure his head doesn't hit the railing and push him under. And Chevy goes, no, 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 like, get off of me. And then he quickly then he turns around and hits his head on the thing. <laughs> it is so good. That I can't even imagine how many times, like, because... That doesn't just happen. Like you have to plan that out in the way that like they worked it. And I did love like that scene in general because it then quickly turns to like this very serious moment where he actually plays it really well where he, he thinks he might get killed there. Um and that scene in general just stuck out to me this time. What surprised me about this is I feel like 
there's much more of a plot to this than when we like when I think of like 90s comedies and early 2000 comedies, like when we start talking about like Anchorman or like the Will Farrell ones or the Adam Sandler ones or like those other types of movies, I feel like the plots or ideas of it are very secondary to the gags and not that it's not in this, but this is like at least has some semblance of like a beginning, a middle and an end, which, you know, I feel like we're getting into a more intelligent brand of comedy, you know, over the last 10 years where we start to have these type of things like the Judd Apatow stuff where there's more story like like the comedy is based within a story as opposed to let's just do a bunch of gags and whatever we can throw together is there. And I, I did kind of appreciate at points like there was a at least somewhat of a reason that he was getting in these costumes and all these things that were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like that, what I think of is even it's not even like 10 years later, for example, you get like an Ace Ventura pet detective, right? Which was this like in, in essence, it's a similar idea, right? Like a detective or an investigator, but there's no real script. I mean, that's just Jim Carrey going around making fart jokes and stuff. And it's like, okay, I get it. That's what it is. Yeah, dude, but Einhorn I feel like was a man. Yeah. But I feel like it doesn't age as well. Whereas this, at least you're like, okay, this is actually, this, this is a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they let Chevy Chase go crazy in it, but there is an actual plot to what he's dealing with mm-hmm. in this film. And a plot that arguably you wouldn't be able to get away with in 2021, though. Like, imagine this whole this whole plot in the in the in the uh, in a year of social in the time of social media, right? Like, he's the master of disguise. Like, he he would be found out within seconds. He wouldn't be able to Google get away with. Yeah, but you couldn't publish articles under a with. fake name. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Right. Well, you really. I I've thought this. If you watch older movies. I wonder at what point you want to start writing, you know, if nobody likes period movies or stuff like that. But if you write thrillers or stuff now, it's so much more difficult for that reason. Right. There's cell phones. There's, you know, everybody has can immediately pull out a high power computer. Look at image it like you're saying all this type of stuff. It it for I know it's more difficult. There is something exciting about the idea that you could actually viably believe that nobody would have any idea what this guy looks like. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody really cares who he is. And, you know, he can just do these costumes, which really don't make him look very different, to be fair. <laughs> it's the, the great 80s conceit, right? It's like, uh, oh, yeah, you're going to be in a costume this week and you're going to look exactly the same. It's like the old Mission Impossible TV shows. Martin Landau always looked like Martin Landau. And they just made whoever he was supposed to pretend to be look like Martin Landau so they could get away with it. And everybody's like, all right. Can we talk about Gina Davis? Yeah. Wow. Is she his secretary? No. I, I feel we, like she is a she is. staffer in the newspaper, like a researcher probably is what that job description would have been. Because it seems like she's at his beck and call. And I was wondering in what structure he gets an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's a rock star. She could be like paper, an right? assistant like he editor walks or something. In and everybody's like, oh, it's Fletch. It's, he's amazing. All that type of stuff. So before but, we talked about the empathy and the redeeming qualities of Fletch, and I think his relationship with Larry is the perfect example of the opposite of that. Like, here's this girl. I always saw her as just having this huge crush on him and like totally interested in him. And he sort of, you know, plays that along and then Gail Stanwyck comes along and they go off to the beach at the end and yeah. she's, she's left back at the office. Like what, what's happening here? You yeah. know, I mean, a hundred percent. Well, the, yeah, it's like the Dale's the, and again, like that's an, that relationship is so weird, you know, but again, it's the 80, it's this eighties idea of like, you know, a man can fix all these weird problems. And then I'm just, even though my husband is now dead, um, I'm going to go away with him to Rio the next day. Well, the interesting thing they said about that relationship, right, is you never see the two of them together until that end sequence. And that, like, I guess I don't know if that's more in the book or what they were saying is they were just trying to show that, like, it wasn't even a marriage. And that's purposely why they never gave them a scene, I guess, until... Right. But yeah, that made sense to me. Her and and the husband. And you never, you never even meet 
Sally Ann. Yeah, that that was weird. What happened to, to her? His his real wife. Yeah. Where yeah. is she? Sally what, what, she But is, she left the, the house. Ma- she's in the airport Marriott. Yeah, just <laughs> hanging out. She's just sitting in the airport waiting for her <laughs> ticket. <laughs> that her was ticket. such a weird scene. I just love the when guy people in the go house. to the airport counter. Oh, yeah, right? the guy in the house. Anybody can buy the... Yeah, anybody could buy an airplane ticket in the 80s. You didn't yeah. need ID or anything. Oh, we'll just yeah. buy a ticket for you there and you can yeah. show up with no ID and get on the flight. Don't worry about it. You'll be great. And the, the thing about that relationship, too, like I think Stanwick and Fletch are both the kings of deception. Right. And yet one is seen as the villain and the other is seen as more of the hero. But they're both the two biggest liars in the whole movie. Yeah. 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 You know? What's yeah. interesting to me is like Chase is able to be Chase, I think, because by and large, the people he's pulling scams are are unlikable people. And I think that's like the only way maybe Chevy Chase works is like you either make him the good guy against a bunch of unlikable people or you do what Harmon did with community. Right. And make him a class a prick and surround him by enjoyable people. And then you get the most out of them when you try to play him as like a slightly normal individual or even like the good guy, it just, it doesn't work for him. Well, what's interesting is I, so where I really felt the discomfort of his character was in the police scene because I felt like, I am supposed to hate these policemen, right? But I didn't because he was being such an asshole. And so in that moment where I felt like, I think I'm supposed to be sympathizing with him in this, like maybe he's actually feeling some fear at one point. You still didn't because he was being such a jerk. Like, so when you're at that moment where you're like, you don't, actually know whether the police captain is telling the truth like is there a possibility that there is an undercover operation on the beach and that this journalist printing this story is is going to blow an actual police police operation like at that moment that is a possibility and yeah Yeah. the two cops that picked him up totally did an unethical thing Absolutely. Uncle Phil from uh, Fresh Prince of I was of wondering Air. if that was him. Was it him? One of his finest roles. Oh, it that's was. so funny. Absolutely. I love Uncle Phil. But anyway, I just, I felt the discomfort of his character in that moment where I felt like I'm supposed to hate this guy, this police guy, but instead I'm feeling like, why is he such a jerk? Like, <gasps> stop yeah. being a jerk. Like, this is serious. I, stop being a jerk. <laughs> and in those scenes, I, I felt like the police chief got the got the shaft a little bit and they they pick some takes of his probably because of how Chevy like was in them and he was not good that guy because I think you really need it to me he didn't sell that like I got I got police all over the like to me that was immediately either they wanted him to sound like he was lying and then there were just other scenes of his where like it, what he said just didn't even make sense like where Chevy Chase was like uh, can I call my mom to tell her I love her? And he was like, I guess not. Guess not. It doesn't even like it, yeah. that line should have been like, like he looks around the room and he, I guess not. Like, but it I, doesn't I, make any sense the way he said it. I would say just for the character, what I appreciated is again, I do think that was in line with noir. Like, and I do give him credit. Like, if you what do you if mean? You see, like, I'm the, not saying the, the, that his character not the acting, but I'm going to Katie's point. Like, when we're not like necessarily rooting for him. I feel like we see scenes mm. like that in lots of noir. For example, Lebowski, when he's with the Malibu police chief. See, but that's such a good comparison because to me, Lebowski, I'm sorry, the dude. The, dude, the dude is forever endearing. At his jerkiest, the way that he plays well, that character. Well, that's because you love the dude. Though. He is forever I mean, endearing. Imagine being around. I know, the but dude even really like even with Fletch and the the Bill at the country club. It hits a point where it's like so ridiculous that you're like, yeah, that guy oh, no, is a jerk, was, but now you have trumped his jerkiness. No, I was, I think like you are more of a jerk. I was okay with that. Horrible human beings. Have you ever actually been to one of those amazing clubs, you know, that like those that exist? Uh, you cannot charge those people enough. 
Yeah, but then he didn't even like end that. up paying the bill. Gail had to pay it. <laughs> she had a lot of money, clearly. Yeah, She's fine. giving her husband $3 million to buy a, a ranch in Utah that cost $3,000. We apparently. would only know if it was legible, Brian. <laughs> oh, um, Scout's trying to eat the celery. Yeah, so no when we, the celery, Scout. So Chase creates all these crazy characters. Who is your favorite Erwin uh, Fletcher alter ego? When you watch a film, who do you guys love that he goes into? I, Is there one character that stands out? I love the roller skating yeah. Jesus. Like that freak. feels like that just stands out the most. Based, 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 based on a real person, by the way. Yeah, when he's that on a real what? person who would go around the beach. And when he tries out. to, when he's talking the gummy. And he goes to to get up to go talk to Fat Sand, and he falls. It almost seems like that was not supposed to happen. That's awesome. Like that, and I know that's like Chevy Chase's thing. Like all the way back to Saturday Night Live, like he could fall better than like anybody because he's like a million feet tall, and there's like limbs going everywhere. But that there's something the there is something about the way he he like somehow falls on his head from like three feet, like getting up. It is amazing. <laughs> B, what's your favorite alter ego of Fletch? Uh, Fletch. It's it's a much less subtle one than the guy in the row, but when he goes to interview Stanwick's parents <laughs> as uh, as Harry S. Truman, is he? He's wearing Stanwick's suit in that, right? Is that, no, is no, that, he's oh, got the seersucker. Yeah. Oh, okay. he's got oh the, yeah, 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 he's got like right. a straight up seersucker okay. suit on it and a hat. He's wearing, I believe. And as they're well. showing him the wedding album. And do you want to see the reception? No, no, I'm trying to quit. Um, that's another line I use all the time. Yeah, yeah. But just that whole exchange about life insurance or whatever, you know, what does this have to do with insurance? You know, that whole exchange and how he called himself Harry S. Truman. <laughs> and these, you know, oh, so you can't, they're, I don't know. That's great. a great one. I love when he's supposed to be the uh, investigator from the SEC, Mr. Poon. Mr. Poon. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Poon. And he's got the Band-Aid over his nose. And they're like, oh, what, what name is Poon? And he goes, oh, Comanche Indian. <laughs> yeah. Never to get away with any of this stuff. Also, like when he's the doc pretending to be the doctor and he goes in and he Rosen's. like just little things and he looks at the Rosen, he looks Rosen, at the sign and Rosen, that whole distraction technique of dropping the folders. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where the hell's the records room? Speak into the stethoscope and I mean, oh, classic. I think he does something really difficult and it's and I think there's maybe some other people I'm trying to think of like modern people do it like, um, but he did this really well in terms of his delivery. And another one who I grew up loving, who could do the same thing is Gary Shandling when he did uh, the Larry Sanders show. Yeah. Like the way you deliver these cutting, like sarcastic snarky things, oh. but he never changes the inflection in his voice or the tone. So you have to be listening to how Chevy chase. And he does it as Ty Webb in Caddyshack as well, though. I think it's a little, it might sound odd, but I feel like Caddyshack's maybe even a little bit more over the top parody oh, sure. than it. Mm -hmm. But the way like he and Shanling did it, it's probably also why I loved Craig Kilborn when he did his version Bateman. is like that type of comedy that you, we don't see as much anymore. And that I think is really difficult, but I do think, from from a writing perspective, it's interesting because it's not maybe not as flashy or gag like, and it delivers a lot. Yeah, Jason Bateman since Arrested Development is is like the same, and I forget who said it. I think it was Will Arnett said, like he can do shitty better than anybody else on the planet. <laughs> like you can be you can be absolutely shitty and like not awful, but just shitty enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that. Like that works, I think. And that's weird. And again, I'm wondering if like I watch Fletcher that 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 type is underused and maybe that's why it's more yeah. interesting. But it did feel a lot too like besides the soundtrack, which they ripped off from Beverly Hills Cop, like Murphy's performance too. like it was maybe just that time period where they were willing to let actors play with it in that way. And Eddie Murphy's obviously a little is is funnier than chase well they both still, they both already have like coming into each role they both have 
a body of work that you kind of know what you're getting. Right. And they just let them do that. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and so that's, that's why they work. You know, it's not like they, they brought them in and were like, do something totally different. This kind of falls apart in Fletch lives. Now right. I've never I, seen I, it. To be honest I, with you. I, I don't, I, I saw it once long ago. In fact, I was talking to people about doing Fletch and they're like, no, I didn't like Fletch. And I said, really this part, they're like, Oh wait, I don't think I actually saw Fletch. I think I saw Fletch lives, which was, again, it was more, I think a lot more hokey and things like that. It intrigues me in the eighties where like now everything seemed to be rebooted immediately or, you know, sequels made that they weren't able to tap into this. It's just like one of those things you think it's a one-time thing. Like, would this have just gotten old too fast if they keep doing this mm. with this character, you think? No, I, I think it could be brilliant if you come up with really good mysteries. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the part that's <clears throat> like, because you could just let him do Fletch. But if you have like a compelling mystery for him to solve, and they actually lean into that a little bit, I think it would be pretty good. But I feel like, too, in Fletch Lives, it, 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 so Fletch Lives is a great example of, of why post-Fletch movies were of Chevy Chase were so bad, because they just, like Ty Webb and Clark Griswold, they're buffoons. He pulls those characters off wonderfully. But Fletch isn't really a buffoon, right? He's much more of a straight sort of character that they could have gotten a lot out of. But in Fletch Lives, it, it became so much more of a, a it, he's like a buffoon. It, it was silliness. Like there was, I don't, I don't see his character in Fletch Lives as being anything similar to the original character. Had they played it straight, they could have gotten a couple different movies out on that. Mm -hmm. Well, they had all these books to work with too. And I'm not sure Fletch Lives. No, it wasn't on the book. Was even a book. And I think you're right. It's, but that's like, I feel like that's, and that movie was most, I think that was 89 Fletch Lives came out. That starts to turn out to the 90s Chevy Chase or just 90s comedies, early 90s comedies, which it, so sticky. Even John Candy, I felt like had some in, like uh, Delirious and some other ones. Did he like have any Katie good Brooke. ones? J yes. John Candy? Oh, yeah. Cool Runnings. Um, cool no, he runnings. wasn't the star of that. Did you read the book? Did I read the No, I did not. <gasps> did Brian? I actually, I, I'm I actually, actually surprised by that. I actually I'd had like the, to. the book on hold from the library after watching oh, it. I, was, I got it. Very good. We were, we were watching as soon as I saw Based on a novel by, I was like, what are the chances that B or, or Brian has read that book? I was sure. And Katie that was B like 100% positive. Yeah. Yeah. I had always, it's one of those ones I'd always meant to re uh, read. Well, it's a series. It's interesting, though, because it, it fell off with Chase after Fletch Lives, which bombed and was off really. Though I've heard some people, I, I have to rewatch it, have revisited it and say it's a little bit better because it apparently was so tongue in cheek now. Maybe if you watch it with that way. But since then, they've been desperately trying to bring it back. Kevin Smith wrote a, a screenplay that was like go, about to be filmed, literally with Jason Lee as Fletch. And then they went to. Um, yeah. And then they <laughs> went to um, Ed Helms. Ed Helms almost had it mm. going. And then he went and did, oddly, he went and did that awful. Um, Griswold movie as uh, Chase's son instead. That's the one he ended up going and doing instead. So people have wanted to revisit it. Um, but I think it takes a unique person. And again, I, I do. Yeah, do I it. do wonder. Well, Bill Hader. I can see it. Yeah, I do. Th I do wonder if that works in a modern time period. It's yeah. it's a very 70s early 80s esque vibe well, and, well do it do it as a period i'd rather see it in the 70s to be I honest i like period pieces yeah. i think a 70s or 80s thing would be great b um, are there any favorite Brian, lines that we have not covered and any of your quotable moments that we yeah. have not yet said yes Oh, I swear. This is the one you could say the whole movie. The, but what's your, what are, you, what are your favorites? <laughs> six, five, six, nine with the Afro. Um, <laughs> How do you not say that? That's an all timer. Do you know they shot actually a, a sports scene for every LA team? They shot a Dodger scene, a LA Kings scene, um, and maybe even a Lakers and Clippers scene. And they cut all that stuff. That's supposedly why that Tommy Lasorda scene was. Yes, there, that's why it right? was. Yeah, I don't know what was. the reference was, but 
I, saw, they, I remember watching on the DVD commentary years ago that there was supposed to be some Lasorda scene that it makes sense when Chevy Chase hits. It the was frame. probably Chevy was probably the umpire or something that would something. Make no. Sense. He was a Chevy was actually supposed to be a relief pitcher. Okay, and he they Tommy Lasorda brought him in and they brought in a three foot tall actor and he walked him. Uh, and that was supposed to be the gag. And they decided that having a gag with a um, little person was not going to be oh, as that. Funny. So oh, they, that was the moment that they yeah, were like, was, maybe not this. It was a little long. I don't <laughs> think they cared about making fun of somebody of a certain height, Katie. I think it was just it was, it was long. Going, going back to the reboot question, I think Jim, Jim said Jason Bateman before. I think he'd be Ooh. he'd be an interesting one. If you take like Marty Bluth or Michael Bluth and Marty Bird, like the yeah. Ozark character and the Arrested Development and sort of had like something in between the two of those. Yeah, and lose the he disguise thing. Lose the disguise thing. Don't right. do disguises. Just like can, can I change you your outfit. Is, who it is? Because this is happening. This is about to yeah, film. Oh. It is John Hamm. Okay. About to film is John Hamm. The we last one I had heard was Sudeikis. That his, was the last Sudeikis one. Sudeikis was a big one, and then now one, it is John Hamm. Or am I just so. yes, yeah, no, no, Bridesmaids, right? He's sleeping with, what's her name? Oh, yeah. John Hamm, it could be interesting because Mad Men, he is the epitome of a complete narcissistic Yeah, it's just yeah. the comedic timing. That, he like, can be know. funny, actually. He's funny. He was on yeah. SNL and stuff like that. Um, about John Krasinski? Another could, good one. I would like off. it. I actually think Sudeikis might be. Yeah, he'd be pretty good. Amazing. <laughs> um, absolutely amazing, actually. Uh, make sure you watch Fletch. You can find it. Well, almost anywhere. It's one of those movies you can buy on Amazon for as it's much as it costs. Right to now. It's on Peacock for free. Yeah, I got I should add that I was. Uh, Aileen was nice to get nice enough to get me the blu-ray the new updated blu-ray edition of it <laughs> and the transfer visually is amazing 4k quality in i the couldn't blu-ray. i couldn't tell if that was going to be uh no was... i'm actually i was actually shocked how good the quality okay. was based on stuff like that all right uh it's time for our king of the hill bottom of the barrel um would you <laughs> Rather watch this film. Is this film better in your personal opinion than Arsenic or Old Lace? Is it worse than Rad? We asked this question. Uh, Maddie B, have you seen Arsenic and Old Lace recently? To, so you can partake uh, in this. Only only the episode. with I saw some parts of the Scott Newmeyer episode there. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little That's bit familiar. One. But That's a good one. Um, that was a good episode. I've not. What is Rad? I don't. What is oh, Rad? Oh, gosh, B. B. Oh, B, you got to find it. You Don't. will <laughs> love BMX. Rad. This is, this is you, in your oh, wheelhouse. No, I, Crew I, I, Jones, I, man. Now I know what it is, but I did not see. I don't yeah. remember. Oh, you uh, need to right, go. You it. need to rent it. You, yep. you got to rent that. The right. kids will love it. To you, tell, are you watching tell B to put on her. Race? I'm sorry, Becca, put on her scrunchies and her slouch socks. Ooh. Becca would like this movie. You are going to love that. This is a date night film. Yeah, date night film. For sure. Katie. Are you watching Arsenic and Old oh, Lace is, or are you watching Fletch? This is right in the middle. We're going to put it right in the middle with lots of our other fun films. Um, no, it is not worse than Rad. And it's certainly not better than Arsenic and Old Lace. Okay, Jim, which are you watching? Arsenic or Old Lace or Fletch? Uh, I think both of them are on my like kind of watch list. But I would say... There's something about Arsenic and Old Lace that makes me laugh a little more, and it's probably what's his name, Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. <laughs> no, I was gonna say Johnny. Yeah, oh, Johnny. Uh, I absolutely disagree. I would watch Fletch every week over Arsenic and Old Lace, but nonetheless, I am outvoted two to one, and we Amen. know, of course, this movie is nowhere near as bad as Rat. As Rat. Uh, all right, it is time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? answers. I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? All right, time for five questions with Maddie B. Uh, first questions are thumb up or thumbs down question. Maddie B, like myself, is a huge fan of the New York Mets. Huge fan. Best Correct. baseball team that yep. never wins Amen. anything. Um, Tommy Lasorda, as we mentioned, is in this film. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on Tommy Lasorda? 
In general? Yeah, in general. Rest in uh, peace. Yeah, I, I've never had a problem with Tommy Lasorda, um, personally. Ooh, ooh, 1988 Mets. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't blame him world. for that. I don't blame him as a person. You're a better person than me. He was big into the Ultra Slim Fest plan. Back he was day. big into the Ultra Slim Fest. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Though it never actually changed how his body looked, which I know. Interesting. He was not a very good. He was not a very good He fought uh, the uh, the fanatic a few times. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't have any problem with uh, with Tommy Lasorda. Thumb, thumbs up on Tommy Lasorda. Okay, uh, let's go. Question two: Would you rather? This is a very, very, very specific University of Scranton question. So, for most of our listeners. Uh, they won't know this. Actually, that's not well, true. Well, we can describe what this listen. what uh, this is. Oh, guess so. All of us, and by all of us, I mean Maddie B. and myself, and Jim occasionally, but he would order other things. Uh, loved the hot wing hoagie, which was simply chunks of processed frozen chicken, chicken. doused in gallons of barbecue sauce then buffalo, with, buffalo, yeah, buffalo, buffalo sauce. sauce yeah then topped with obscene amounts of low-grade blue cheese <laughs> dressing um and but, i believe it also what, had american cheese on, a, on it on a huge on a on huge a huge sub roll um but the the real question for those who partook in this uh, cuisine was where would you purchase your hot wing hoagie from? Would it be Goodfellas or Grand Teas? Uh, Goodfellas, and I still do. Um, not to the degree. <laughs> no, I, ha- I don't have them regularly. Trust me, but I did have one a couple of years ago, Brian, and they are the exact same as we as they were when we were in school. I remember um, when I went to. I couldn't go to our our fifth reunion because Aileen's cousin was getting married, but I went up for Katie's fifth reunion because it was close enough. So I went to it and Aileen had never been to Scranton. And I said on the way home from Oscars, I said, we have got to stop and get a hot wing hoagie. And I sat there and ate the whole thing um, on the Hafey steps. And she she was, she was disgusted by it. She was already married to me. So I think she (laughs) didn't feel like there was an out to it yeah. but it was i still can take i still have i think i consumed so many of them i still can when i think of it i feel the flavor mm. yeah grantees had good food but nothing holds a candle to the hot wing sub no i never thought it was even close no yeah jim like the it's like fletch and, it's like it's no, like, I didn't fletch like the hot wing stuff. what did you get then what were your chicken and broccoli calzone was that yeah what you were that getting? was a good one See, I remember, still remember from watering all those years. Um, Okay, fill in the blank question. Here we go. Uh, If you were eating a steak sandwich, what would be your beverage of choice? Can I, before you answer that, can I ask, what the fuck is a steak sandwich? That was like a, that was a a once a week meal in in the current household. I'm sorry. What is it? So we would have flank steak. My mom would cook it medium rare, slice it. She would marinate it in a red wine vinegar marinade and put that on a club roll. Oh. Boom. Dinner. Okay. <laughs> that was my steak sandwich. We, never, we didn't have cheesesteaks or no. any of the other business. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. All right. I mean, uh, I mean, I have to say Bloody Mary, right? I mean, what else are you going to have? That's delicious. Yeah. That's a delicious you can have meal. A beer. I mean, I'm not going to eat the steak, but I will drink that Bloody Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Keep I'll drinking it. Okay, you have steak a steak sandwich. sandwich though. Just I made myself steak. a steak sandwich the other day. Um, a couple weeks ago, Aileen and I went out to dinner and I got a flank steak mm. that was delicious and I had some extra and I got a nice roll, mm-hmm. heated it up with some blue cheese and made a steak sandwich. Talk to me about steakums. No. Are steakums no. a thing? The, yeah, Don't well, they were. That. They were. That's a thing. a thing. I think they still exist. They, they do exist. Be, they used to have those at. The Scranton yeah. cafeteria. Yeah, that's what they made the cheesesteaks out of it. Yeah, that's what they crazy. made. Uh, yeah, very. That is yeah. like rad quality. That meat. might like be. That is the quality of red meat. Yeah, like like it might not be. I mean, I was going to say horse, but a horse would be oh, too God. expensive. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Be something yeah, it's actual beef. I don't know. That is questionable. That's, uh, that's lives meat right there. <laughs> yeah, that is. It's awful. <laughs> that's like uh, nothing but trouble. I mean, what is that awful one with uh, hey, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy? Anything but trouble. Uh, all right. Uh, question four here. Our favorite question. Maddie B, what's your favorite Gina Davis movie? Oh, this is. 
This is a tough one. Uh, well, it's not we tough, but no, there's, there's. Yeah, so I'm a league of their own. Yeah, I mean, that yep. just you can't. I don't. Which, I don't feel like I like her. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think anything anything compares to her, her in a league of their own, with the exception of her early performance as the bumbling housekeeper in Family Ties. Do we remember oh, that? Wow, no. Wow. Yeah. I Deep don't dive remember right that. there. He was the inept housekeeper for the Keatons. And that wow. was, yeah. I was going to say Thelma and Louise, but it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if I can make the comparison. She's there, great in a long kiss. Good night. Yes. You guys also, seen that? Really she's got a lot of really good movies. Also true. The accidental t- tourist. I need to watch that. Beetlejuice. She's in. Isn't she, isn't she in the fly? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And here's, here's a movie that I want to do on this podcast. That I don't know how it will hold up. Quick change. With, oh, love it! With Bill, Bill Murray, Murray and Randy, Randy Quaid and Gina Bill Davis are bank robbers. As well, I don't. I don't that think is I've a great that. movie. Gina Davis Flores. is a fascinating person. Do you know that she is on the Mensa list? Yes, no. and she is an archer. She was no. a, like Olympian, an Olympic, wasn't yeah, she? an Olympic archer. Yeah. Wow. So much. I don't know why uh, I have we'll, so much random Gina we'll Davis knowledge, but I do. Yeah, we'll we'll talk yeah. more about her when we do Cutthroat Island. I like her. I like her a lot. She's a curly-haired girl. She's not your uh, your typical Hollywood beauty. I've always enjoyed her. She's got some strong right. shoulders. Uh, she does. Uh, and a strong final, jaw. I had to change our deep thoughts question because we already answered it. So I changed it on the fly. Uh, Maddie B, deep thoughts question. What is the greatest college dormitory in the history of the world? Oh, there is only one answer. Thanks for that asking question. that question. <laughs> hey, Fee Hall. Thank you for answering that question. I heard it got torn I down. I actually have. Never. It did not get torn Never. down. Never. I would chain my body to the building before I would allow that. Our pictures are still down in the basement. <laughs> they, they are. They are still yeah. there. We look great, by the way. Am I in one of those in pictures? Those, you are in one of those. Well, you huh. might not be because you, you you weren't a freshman there. But I know oh, gotcha. uh, Maddie B and I have a picture in there and we look fantastic and we look fantastic i took my three kids there a couple of years ago and took a picture by the hafey hall sign and olivia was probably maybe three years old at the time maybe two and a half and i told my kids to stand by the sign for a picture and jack and annabeth stood next to the sign and she stood behind it you know not quite getting the concept of taking a picture so i have this picture of the two of them on the side of the sign with her legs just underneath the (laughs) sign of the of the perfect feet that is perfect. <laughs> Brian, can I can I interject something here? Yes. So I just looked it up. I have this long fascination now with the fact that so many of the movies that I watched when I was young, I'm older than the characters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like I realized a few years ago that I was older than Dan Aykroyd and John Candy in The Great Outdoors. Right. Now, to me, that just blows my mind. Like, I just cannot. They were like in their mid 30s in that movie. And I, just yeah, I know that's crazy that. how young they are. But Fletch is two years younger than me. Chevy Chase was 42 when he made Fletch. How about that? That's crazy to me. How old do you think the character was supposed to be? Good question. Mid-30s. Maybe even younger. Yeah, Yeah. I thought maybe mid-30s. The one that drives me, and I watched it recently, was Ghostbusters. Like, they're playing guys who are early 30s, probably in that film. It's insanity. Uh, does anybody have any recommendations of something we should be reading, watching, eating, doing is it, any of that? Fun is stuff? it weird to recommend another podcast? No, <laughs> go right ahead. I do that just frequently. started listening to Renegades with Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. Hold mm. on to your effing hats. Oh, God, it's the medicine that you all need. <laughs> it's so good. It's like soul healing stuff. Good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Just great. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Jim, anything? Uh, We're, what, season three of the West Wing now? Yeah, we're just going to keep Making our way through. Great call. Great Great call. I did see that someone is finally on board with me. I saw someone post an article from a physicist who says the Expanse is the greatest science fiction series of all time. Wow. It is very good. To be clear, I have been on board with yeah, you yeah, about yeah. the expanse. Um, I just have no well, one locally to talk to about. Yes. I uh, will Maddie start B, watching anything it with that you. people should be watching or listening to or doing? Um, 
Well, if you're not watching like Mets spring training games, I guess I would. I got it. What's the middle relief phone, look like? What's them. the middle relief I'm, look like? I'm gonna make a really strong push. I don't know. I don't know where you guys have landed on this or not. I have no idea. But Cobra Kai is fantastic. We haven't watched it. We have not watched it yet. It's got to okay. delve into Cobra, Cobra Kai. Have you seen it, Brian? I've seen the first season. Okay. I have to go into the other Cobra ones. Kai is a must watch for the nostalgia piece almost. So, you know, right. solely, but Brilliant we will watch Cobra Kai. Yeah. You need to watch Rad with your wife. Wow, that's a deal. There, Maddie B. I will just and tell will, you. Yeah. Did you did you have a BMX bike when you were younger? Like not a BMX, like a like whatever. I always wanted like a mongoose or a Diamondback. I could never have yeah. that. I think I had a Huffy. I had a Huffy too. Nothing yeah. wrong with a Huffy. <laughs> I had you, a Huffy as I, well. Did you have pegs? Because the pegs were oh, like Jim, we the talked shit. about. Jim really. Wanted I really pegs. wanted pegs. Never really had them. Pegs. Never had pegs. There's a, there's a bike dancing sequence that you just will love. And it's got Lori, it's got Lori Lo and there's ass sliding. L Lori Lachlan in it. Yeah. Lots of ass sliding. You're going sliding. to love it. You're going to yeah. love ass And a sliding. guy who I thought was the guy from Cobra Kai, but he's not. He's not. He looks a <laughs> oh, lot so like good. him, though, actually, yeah. though. Uh, I'm recommending two films I watched on the Criter uh, Criterion channel this week, um, both which I've seen numerous times. One, uh, Frank Sinatra and the Manchurian Candidate. It's very and good. the other uh, being Terrence Malick's first film, Badlands, with Martin Sheen from West Wing. It's mm, great. Of course. It's great. And you can always listen to us as well on our brand new Shits Creek podcast, The Shit Show. So make sure that you're listening, reviewing, and liking that one as well. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Aww, bye, commenters. Thanks for, for joining us, B. We, yeah, we thanks, Maddie B. Back thanks for having me, everybody. This was an honor. Yay. <laughs> an absolute honor. An absolute honor. Oh, my God. We didn't talk about that scene. What? Which the scene? scene where he go walks into the random, like, fraternity.